Hey guys, welcome to the Bag and Podcast, episode number four hundred and seventy-four. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the week in geek, bring you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out March 23rd, 2022. Then we follow it up with our weekly rotating main topic, and this week we're going to be taking a look back at some of the comic books that we read in February 2022. Hmm. That's, that's right. It took us a while to get here, but that doesn't mean we... We took we, a, we're not. We took a yeah. week off. That's what happened. Yeah. It happens. We still put some content yeah. out there. Yeah. That was fun. Well, why not? We. Yeah. D- I think. I think because of that. You no, know, we deserve a drink. Oh, I, I was going to say we probably did that because we drank too much during the week. But you know, we can. We can still drink. Yeah, I've heard it both ways. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you know I'm drinking right. from uh, Community Beer Works. This is their orange Let's Go Pills. This is a Pilsner brewed with mandarin and navel oranges. And this is a nice beer. Um, I'd love the orange to pop a bit more in this. Last year they did a a grapefruit Let's Go Pills. And that beer was delicious. And the grapefruit popped. Um, And the orange just... It's barely there. It's nice. It's drinkable. It's refreshing. But it could be better in my book. And especially, like, they just put out... They they put out that um, Buffalo Oasis, which was, like, a pineapple IPA. And the pineapple popped in that. Like, just a little... A little bit let down by this beer. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, Have you cracked... Oh, 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 oh me, How you, would you me, compare you, it to uh, the 2X Citrus from uh, Southern Tier with the Papa You know what, Paul? I haven't had the 2X Citrus, so why don't you tell me about it? I'm not drinking that one yet. I'll drink it later. <laughs> yeah, but you've drank all of them multiple times, yeah, so that's... you could just talk about it, yeah, but right? I want to... No, I really like... The... This is... Uh, remember the... What was it called from Southern Tier? The... Citradelic? Cit... Cit... No, Citradelic No, Citradelic was Belgium. Belgium. Um, 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 tan, tan, tangier. Yeah, and tangier, 2x tangier. This is, yeah, 2x tangier. 2x tangier. But it definitely does have that pop of orange. It's definitely bigger on the orange flavor than, and then it finishes with a grapefruit, um, bitterness. And at 8.2%, it is, it is, this, it's deceptively easy drinking because of that. It's, it's, it's a really big, flavorful beer, which I have really enjoyed. It's probably my favorite of the 2X Southern Tier pack that I'll be talking about the other beers out of uh, as well tonight. So uh, that's my beer review for this round then. Chris! Uh, I have a beer to review this round, but John, I was going to ask you, since you were talking about that big kind of like citrus fruit pop, uh, have you opened up that Schofferhofer pineapple yet? Yes. And does that have that pop? I don't want you to spoil anything if you're going to be drinking it later. You can tell me to stay tuned, but I was just curious because I uh, I wasn't going to drink there. it later. I, I, the pineapple and then the variety pack showed up at work and I took a picture of both. Actually, I, I called my wife because my wife loves the Schofferhofer beers. And I said, I have, I think it's called Juicy Pineapple. Um, and she's like, so you're bringing it home. I was like, yes. 
I also have a variety pack that has this, this, and this in it. And she went, so the answer is you bring both home to me. And I said, sure. So as soon as I walked in the door and I took both out of the bag, she was like, grabbed a pineapple, opened it up, took a swig out of it. And I took a swig. And it's good. It has that little bit of like frozen pineapple. Not like quite freezer burnt pineapple, but it's Mm. like it's I expected the pineapple to to pop more in that as well. Um, it's not bad. Like Caitlin even said, like the other night, like I could go for one of those, but you know what? Give me a grapefruit. Cause I want to mm-hmm. savor them for like warm weather kind of drinking when it gets a little nicer out. Um, and then we also had the cherry out of that. And the cherry is like a little bit of like a sweet Luden's cough drop. Like it really walks the line of medicinal cherry. I kind of liked it. Caitlin was like, it's too medicine-y for me. That's just because you chug Robitussin on your free time. But we're not here to talk about your other problems. We're here to talk about comic books uh, and my beer, which uh, today I went to Dead Words Brewing. It's one of the more recent breweries that's opened up here in Orlando. Uh, I've been there twice before. Both times I went, they had the same beers. Nothing wrong with that. Everything that they brew is fantastic. But... Today, they actually had three different beers available. Uh, I will be talking about two of them today because I actually brought them home. Uh, but with St. Patrick's Day just in the rearview mirror, uh, I brought home a crawler of their uh, Ferrum, which is their dry Irish stout. Now, this is served on Nitro at the brewery. I got in a crawler, and I was hoping that I had enough time between getting home and popping this open to drink it and still have it be like an authentic... Uh, experience it was not like it did go flat in like the three hours in between but it's still a solid dry irish style like it still has a lot of that big bold roasty flavor um when i had dead words on the show previously i kind of talked about how they try to do their beers as authentically as possible to how you would have it if you were in the time and or place that they would have originally made this beer and for their dry irish stout they use uh, English flaked oats with roasted barley and then an actual, um, it's like a Kent Golding's hop from the UK as well. Uh, again, trying just to get it as authentic as possible. And I think that care definitely does show in this, even though it doesn't travel well. And I was expecting that. I just thought I thought I had more time. But you know what? Just never enough time, guys. Never enough time. Uh, Much like there wasn't enough time, uh, sad news uh, in the Weekend Geek is, you know, there wasn't enough time for William Hurt to repraise his girl for Thunderbolt Ross for one more time, because uh, he's passed away. Yeah. Age of 71. uh, Natural causes, it was announced. They didn't say what, because, I mean, if you get shot, that would be natural cause of death, because, you know, going to bleed to death. That's kind of natural. Don't think that was the case, though. Um, but yeah, he's been one of the mainstays in the MCU since first appearing in the the second of the MCU films with Incredible Hulk, and he's made appearances since then. And I think it's kind of a downer that you know everyone's been assuming they're teasing and building up to like a Thunderbolts movie or series at some point, just because they are introducing some of those kind of fringe edge. Like, darker characters that could be a Dark Avengers. 
Um, I would have loved to have seen him have a little bit more of a presence in something like that, because I think he did a great job as an antagonist in Incredible Hulk. Yeah, and every time he popped up in Civil Civil War, mm-hmm. um, I, I I always enjoyed seeing him. I I loved him in um, I think just about everything he was in. He played a good bad guy. He played a good good guy. Um, you know, I, it's sad to see anyone go, especially an actor that you enjoy seeing uh, perform different in different movies. Well, any thoughts? No, no. That's okay. I, I'm not good with actors. <laughs> like, if you told me, oh, Paul, he was this dude in this movie, I'd be like, oh, I love that movie. And, like, yeah, he was great in that. But So, Paul, like, I, do you I like Ewan McGregor? Yeah, he's he's all right. He's been in a couple he, things. He's been, like, train spotting. Yeah. He, uh, he's a Dumbledore. Dumbledore? No, that's Jula. <laughs> oh. Uh, see, he, I get very confused. This is in Moulin Rouge. Okay. If you remember that one. Uh, he's, yeah. Chris's favorite. Moulin I love Rouge. that movie. I was actually just talking about it earlier today. Not related to Kenobi, by the way, just to talk about it. Um, he's been in a bunch of stuff, though. I'm, I swear you've probably seen some of it, Paul. Yeah. Probably. But I've seen a trailer with uh, just recently with Ewan McGregor in it. And that's uh, the trailer for the new Obi... Or is it called Obi-Wan Kenobi or is it just I Kenobi? I think it's just Kenobi, but I call it Obi-Wan Kenobi because I don't know him well enough to just call him by his last name. Right. Because uh. I thought it was just Kenobi's because they're, you know, it's going from Obi-Wan to Ben Kenobi. So when uh. you search for it, it does pop up as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, but so I think, it is Obi-Wan I think people might just be colloquially just referring to it as Kenobi. And that guy. Because everybody's just a big fan of General Grievous saying, Kenobi. Mm-hmm. And we just want him to say, just in the trailer, guys, he needed to say hello there. I'm honestly surprised didn't they it. didn't put that Especially in when he's looking through those binoculars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this trailer was more of a trailer for the Inquisitors than it was for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Because you're like, oh, that's a new Inquisitor. Oh, that's definitely the Grand Inquisitor. Yeah. Oh, there's some. Or there's a, an Inquisitor that I've seen in other things. Yeah, I'm bad with the Inquisitor, Inquisitor's names because they don't really have names. They're all just like the second brother, fifth sister. So I don't know who's who offhand. Uh, but yeah, we get to see some of them coming back, as you said, alongside the Grand Inquisitor. And we talked about it before, but the show's going to you know, just show us what Obi-Wan Kenobi was up to post-Attack of the Clones uh, in the lead-up to A New Hope. Uh, this takes place 10 years after Attack of the Clones, so Luke's already starting to grow up a little bit. We get a little sneak peek of him uh, pretending to drive like a speeder or a starship on the Lars homestead. Uh, and I feel like they aged up Ewan McGregor, too, to make him a little more weathered look. Because that guy's got beautiful skin. still a good-looking man, though. Yeah, but being out in a ender desert, <laughs> I think it'd dry you out, you know. Five days into shooting, you'd be you'd be feeling it. Be feeling it. I mean, I would say if I was in the desert, I hate having like a beard living in Florida, even just because it's so insulating. I feel like he would probably have to use some sort of product to like strip the hair off of his body, so he'd be like, "Hello, Nair." I feel like I spent 40 days in the desert just like my, 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 my
trailer coming out for a while, uh, announced be debuting on the original release date of Star Wars, May 25th. And which, which Paul called it. Did I call it or did I ask? I feel like I asked. You asked the, you asked the question and we were like, Paul, you're a freaking idiot. Who would even think that? And then they do it. So in my book, you called it because we were like, no, Paul, who would do that? Uh, but then also heavily rumored that we will be finally getting the Cassian Andor series like a month or two after that. Oh, that's that's very exciting. Again, it's been teased and announced mm-hmm. since before Disney Plus came out like three years ago. So, yeah. and we got like two weeks till like Moon Knight, yep. right? Moon Knight's mm-hmm. no, yeah, no, Moon Knight is the is it the twentieth. It I would think. be a Wednesday, right? So, because uh, so it would be the twenty third. It's twenty third uh, or thirtieth. Moon Knight will be releasing March thirtieth. So okay. two weeks. So two weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Two weeks. You got that in two weeks. By the time that's over, a month later, you, you have Ob- uh, Doctor Strange, Obi Wan. Oh, you got Doctor Strange. May f- yeah, the beginning of the month. Yep. May six. And then Obi Wan, and then and I. I Cassian, like, I can't, I can't believe we still haven't seen anything mm-hmm. for it. Yeah, but then also coming shortly on the heels of that, uh, June eighth, we have an official date for it because we also got a trailer for Disney Plus's Miss Marvel show. Nice. This yeah. seems and fun. it looks, it looks fun. It looks exactly what it needs to be. It's a, a little more like a kids show, but with that. Marvel quality? Yeah. I don't, I don't uh, it's got that quality. I know a lot of people have issues with them changing Kamala's powers to be more like that hard light construct based from her stretchy powers, but honestly, it doesn't bother me, especially to try to tie it into the MCU with what we already mm-hmm. know of Captain Marvel and what we'll be getting from Monica Rambeau when she appears in the Marvel's, you know, TBD. Do, you, do we really want to explain Tetric and Gas and the Inhumans? No, I think after everything that happened with the Inhuman show on ABC, they're just like, yeah, we don't need any of this. And the fact that you have to dig through Disney Plus to actually find Inhumans shows mm-hmm. that they're just, wipe that off the table. It, it's fine. Like, maybe circle back in a couple years because it seems like Disney's ready to kind of go weird with things now. They can do it on their own terms, but it seems like they're still trying to kind of skirt around some of that ABC, Disney, Marvel television stuff. Yeah. Well, Inhumans was supposed to be the Marvel's answer to Game of Thrones. That which also let people down at the end, so So, was it really? At least least Inhumans let us down at the very beginning. (laughs) And it didn't even come close to, to that. Yeah, Man, that shit was bad. Mm-hmm. Chris, remember we watched that in Florida together? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was bad. Painful. But you know what, guys? It's not always bad. And sometimes there is stuff to look forward to. Like the comic books. We're looking forward to picking up next week. This week? Whenever this comes out. March 23rd, 2022. And John, I think you're the only one yes, actually I'm- picking up a book that's coming out this week. Because both Paul and I have... Wishless oh, no. stuff. Well, my pick was, I would just tell you that in case you wanted to put together a post for the past week that we missed. Oh, I thought that was your pick for... No. 
Mm. But I, I, it can be if you already written it down. No, I, you, it's all just on my notepad, so you, you can still okay. pick something different, Paul. When you when you go when it's my turn, yeah, you yeah. can because it's John's turn. Uh, so I, I'm picking up Rogues number one, and I looked at the cover and I was like, oh, I don't know what this is. What is this about? So. I started reading, and it's like, ten years ago, the rogues disbanded and went their separate ways. But time has been, has, hasn't been kind to the former blue-collar supercriminals. Caught an endless cycle of prison, rehab, dead-end jobs, broken relationships, uh, probation, and a bottomless restitution fee- fees. The rogues are sick of paying for their crimes. Luckily, Captain Cold has a plan. And when I got to Captain Cold has a plan, I was like, oh, it's the rogues. Mm-hmm. Why am I, Why didn't I put two and two together before? And I was like, yeah, I want to I read this book. Uh, yeah, and it sounds like it's like the rogues doing like a greatest hits. Like the first episode, they're going to be going to uh, the heart of Gorilla City to rob Gorilla Garad. Like, perfect. Okay. Yeah, this is going to be, I think this is going to be a fun book. And I am looking forward to reading it. And then I look at the cover and again, I go, oh yeah, that's Captain Cold on it. Nice. Uh, so yeah, I'm um, I'm looking forward to yeah, this. I like uh, the I fact think- that it's also a black label series, so it can go a little bit darker and harder edge than we've seen the rogues be before. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that I'm, uh, I- I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, sadly, it's six ninety nine. Uh, so how many pages? Because it's a black label. Sometimes those are a little bit longer. Like they're almost longer. They're a prestige issue. Yeah, you know what? I do not see a page count. Oh, I'm sorry, here. buddy. But um. I'm uh I'm gonna pick it up, and actually, it might be something. I might go to a comic book store and buy that first issue, like a prestige book like that. I think it'd be fun to have the physical copy of a book like that. And it is nice those black label books, like if you've seen them on a store shelf, they are like not the standard comic book dimensions. They and they are printed. They 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 have a really good print quality to them too so yeah i can understand that they they do feel prestige yeah like i i could understand the spending the seven dollars on the physical copy because of the quality in it it's a little harder to swallow digitally because that's half of what i was thinking like i was like seven bucks i'd like to have Mm-hmm. That big, that big book, and have it in front of me. And plus, uh, Comicsology's still being a pain in the ass. Kind of, yeah, kind of a butt. We'll, we'll talk about that when we get to the the main topic. Because yeah. I I still have thoughts, even though they have made steps to improve things. It's still still not a great reading experience. But Paul, are you ready to commit to a book? Yeah, I'm ready to commit to uh, a book written by Mark Wade and Dan Mora. And this is Batman Superman, World's Finest. And uh, this is going to team up Superman uh, and Batman, where Batman has to go to, strangely enough, Doom Patrol 
to help save Superman. So here we go. Let's let's get weird with it, everybody. And it's Mark Wade. So, you know, I, I'll trust what he's got to say. 32 pages, uh, 399. Um I'll see I'll see what happens with this. Hopefully it's hopefully it's just a fun book. When Mark Wade when Mark Wade has a good idea for a character, he can it's yeah. it's great. Yeah. You know, I mean, think about none of us cared about Daredevil until you know, I enjoyed like the Brubaker run, but I didn't love Daredevil till I read his run on Daredevil. And also the art really helped. Oh, the art, yeah, the art. I Pablo mean, the art Rivera, helped, but it, right? It, it, yeah, it was perfect. Also, and even, like, the fill-in artists and the people who took on, took took over after him, like... Chris Omni. Chris Omni, like... <laughs> so good. They just, they just all worked so well together. And Wade and, and Somni worked on a couple other books together. Um, but, yeah, when, when he has... When he has a really good idea to do something, I'd say 90% of the time, I'm there for it, so... Yeah, that's going to be great. Nice. Oh, wait, that comes out the 16th? Ah, oh, guys, I'm sorry. That already came out. It's okay. So let's I'm, pick it up. Again, I'm, I'm picking up a book that came out uh, the 9th, because I'm going back to Marvel's Captain Carter, number one, uh, written by Jamie McKelvey. And if that name sounds familiar, it's because we've read other books from him before on the show, whether in the look back or trade and policy, because he's actually an artist and a frequent co-creator who works alongside um, oh my gosh I'm blanking out I'm not good with names tonight guys he's doing Eternals right now did Phonogram did Young Avengers I absolutely love that book uh, Jamie McAlvey yeah the writer oh uh, uh, Gillian yeah Karen Gillian thank you Um, but he's actually writing and doing a lot of the Karen Gillian uh, doing a lot of the design work for this book uh, with artist Marika Cresta. And this is kind of spinning out of the Disney Plus What If show, uh, but it's bringing Peggy Carter to the world as Captain Carter now. Uh, Captain Carter wasn't my favorite episode of the What If series, but I really did like her as a character, and I think bringing her into the MCU is going to be a lot of fun. And I'm definitely looking forward to picking this up to check it out because Jimmy McKelvey does fantastic artwork, and I want to see what his storytelling chops are when he's laying the groundwork for another artist. And I think that's going to be a really interesting collaboration for him. That's all I got. You guys have nice. you guys have another beer to talk about? I got another beer to I talk do too. about. I do as well. <laughs> and uh, my last citrus beer did not satisfy. So I went and got another citrus beer. And this is from Firestone Walker. And this is part of their Mind Haze Tropical Variety Pack. And this is their Citrus Cyclone IPA. This is Citra Hops and Real Tangerine. And the citrus is really nice in this beer. Uh, it's like 6.2%. This beer goes down really nice. It's, I wouldn't say it's like super unique, but it is really nice. And it's not, it's not like overly New England, hazy, really heavy. This is a really nice light citrus 
IPA. Mm. Um, I like this a lot. Uh, I have two more beers from that pack that I plan on drinking tonight. And uh, I hope they're all in the same vein. One is a tiki, and the other is a tropical. So, like, let's 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 go party, boys! Yeah, Paul's attention as soon as you said tiki. I got, I got tomorrow off. Ooh, nice. I don't. And again, I had four beers earlier at the brewery. Uh, I'll be having three tonight. Um, but luckily, a lot of those beers are going to be a little bit lower on the ABV side. The Dry Irish stop that I had was only 5.2%. And my next beer from Deadworks is only 3%. And this is their Church Mouse. And this is what's referred to as a table beer, which is something that I hadn't heard of before. John's knowingly nodding at that. <laughs> um, but as I read on, it uh, turns out table beers are made to basically just be that. It's something that's low ABV, not abrasive. It's just something you can sit down and drink while you're having a meal and enjoy it and then be like, yeah, hey, you know what? I can have another one. Meat and dinner. Um, this is brewed using like a, a traditional Belgian yeast and it's definitely there. Like it's like a very light Hefeweizen, but it has a little like a piney hop at the front, but then it has like that kind of like blue moon, uh, like, bite at the back end, like that kind of like orange rind coriander. Uh, it's, it's very pleasant. And Yanni actually ordered this at the brewery and I tried it. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's perfect drinking for the show because again, we're going to be talking for a while. Uh, I only have three beers for a night and I don't feel bad having brought home a crowler of this because I can drink three of these and it's equivalent of like one of the normal beers I would have for the show. So yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, I, 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 most of the table beers are usually Belgian that I've had. I've seen other ones that like, um, I had, I had one that was like, uh, I think it was called a table beer, but it wasn't using Belgian yeast and it wasn't using anything, you know, it wasn't Belgian themed, but yeah, yeah. I can see like the kind of like a, a light blue moon esque kind of beer with that yeast. And it all depends on the yeast yeah. you use. So um, no, the, the, they're nice. And especially like, like you said, Chris, today it was 90 yeah. degrees. Like that'd be a great thing to be just sitting and sipping on outside, uh, like refreshing, but not going to get you uh blitz. I, the other beer I had while I was there, um, they had a Irish red ale again, St. Patrick's day just happened. That was really good. I didn't bring that one back, but the other one I had was their Dortmunder, which was 6%. And my first sip of that, I drank, like, half of it because I'm like, oh, this is, like, perfect. Like, I could just crush this and then be like, hey, what else we got to drink? Like, it was delicious. But, Paul, you got another one there. Yeah, I got the uh, old standby of the 2X series, and this is the 2X IPA. This is, you know, remember last year where... You know, we would have a big, uh, like a West Coasty IPA on the show. I did not Something drink that... any of those West Coast IPAs, sir. Good day. <laughs> Good day. But you know, something that would you know kind of pop with that big hoppy flavor. You know, uh, a little piney, something a little piney, crisp, little resiny, a little resiny, but something kind of crisp. Something that was still somehow light, but still being you know being being on the alcohol eight per. Eight point two percent, and be like, "Oh, is that disc golfing beer?" 
That's what I would ask. And this is a disc golfing beer, guys. This is two X IPA. This is this is like you take one out on the on the course. You have it for the front nine, and then you can relax with something for the back nine. But you know, this is ooh, nice. I, I like it. It's it's right up there with you know if you enjoy having the two hearted, if you enjoy the uh, what's not Seneca, what uh, Sierra Nevada, you know IPAs. Like, the 2X uh, scratches that same itch, and it's somewhat local. I don't know if I can call Southern Tier local anymore since they've gotten so big. Like, And they moved the facility down to Baltimore, uh, Carolina. Or North Carolina. Yeah. So, but it, it's still good just for, maybe it's nostalgia talking, but yeah, I, I'm really enjoying this 2X IPA. Yeah. Again, 8.2%, as everything is in this pack. Yeah, I, it's still a good standby beer. Like, if I went somewhere and that somebody had a, a six-pack or no. of of that, I'd be like, yeah, no, it's good. I, I, I still enjoy it. I, you know, I was mad years ago when they were supposed to bring out the four-pack Tall Boys. And I was like, this is, I want this to be my lawn mowing mm-hmm. beer. Like it, and now now it's you can get the nineteen twos, the big stovepipe cans of it, like for there, three bucks. There's, like, there's a disc golf no day problem. right there, my friend. I have no problem doing that. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Is that everybody's beer? That's that's my that's beer. Everybody's beer. That, those are all of our books. But guys, we can't just get into our main topic yet. There's something we have to do first. And now. A dramatic reading from Superman 78, number 1, page 18, panel 1. Possible Kryptonian classification testing. And that was a dramatic reading from Superman 78, number 1, page 18, panel one. So that was not me clearing my throat. That was that was a sound effect. <laughs> Paul, did <laughs> Paul, did you ever watch C Lab twenty twenty one when it was on Adult Swim like years yeah, ago? Way back in the day. Okay. Yeah. Uh do you remember the episode where Captain Murphy gets stuck underneath the Bebop Cola machine? Yeah. That's the only episode I do remember. Okay. Uh your Brainiac's basically the Bebop Cola voice. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. When, if we take a pause later, which we'll probably need to, uh, just look up the clip of that, because you'll be like, oh, yeah, that was my Brainiac. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, and if you guys want to see that panel that Paul so lovingly recreated for us, uh, just go follow our Instagram. You'll see all those panels, plus our picks for... The Weekend Geek, the list, everything else that we're doing uh, all over there. But guys, we got more comic books to talk about. That's all we do. We just keep, yeah. we just keep crushing them, knocking them out. No matter how hard Amazon tries to keep us from reading the books. All right. So I've had nothing but trouble with my Comicsology account because... I still just go to comicsology.com and then it redirects you to the Amazon Kindle 
mm. website, which is fine. Like, okay, whatever. I just, Comixology saved in my browser. Like, it just, that's where I go because I go there every week. And I have gone there every week for the past, like, 10 years of reading comic books. Uh, the only issue now is every time I buy books, I have to select what library I want to add it to. I don't know if I haven't. Okay, had that I don't know problem. if you guys have that, but nope. it's been a real thing for me because I'll buy a book and then I add it to my iPhone library. Okay, and then I go onto my iPhone and I'm like, okay, well now it's not showing up here. So then I downloaded the Kindle app because Amazon also has mm-hmm. everything available through Kindle, and I'm like, okay, well the book's showing up here now. So let me read it through this. And then I downloaded another book. And I'm like, okay, why is this showing up here? It says I already purchased it. Okay, let me go on to Comixology. Oh, now this one's over here. And then the next day, it'll appear in both of those libraries because there's like a delay in everything. Hmm. So one of the books that I actually wanted to pick up just for my own personal reading, nothing to do with the podcast at all, I had already purchased... But it's not available in any of my libraries, so I was like, okay, whatever. I'll spend the three ninety nine to download Magic number 12 again. So I go to the listing for it, and it won't let me buy it because it says I've already purchased it, and it's already in my library. But then it's like, which library is it in? It's still not user-friendly enough for me to be like, okay, this is a good reading experience for me. I'm just happy that they finally... Uh, added actual like browser support so I can now have my library open on my computer next to me as we're talking about these books because I again I like to have them open as I'm talking about it so I can look at what we're talking about I can call out certain pages and panels um, it's still just a pain though and the fact that as soon as I buy a book and it just takes me back to the regular Amazon page and then I'm like okay let me buy Supermassive number one. And I type in Supermassive, and then it's like, oh, you want to buy Supermassive Black Hole by Muse? 99 cents. I'm like, no. Because it just takes me to Amazon. I'm no longer in the like, the Kindle comics and graphic novels part of the website. And then I have to go back, back, back. And now I can search for my book. I, I only want to buy comic books from me, Amazon. I don't need to buy <laughs> batteries. Like, <laughs> I... I do it on my phone and it's smooth. I like I purchase it and it's automatically there and I tap on it and it's downloaded almost instantly. And I know this might be asking for a lot, but I'd also just like to be able to buy stuff through the app. And I know they're not going to do that just because that's how they lock out like Apple and Samsung and Google from getting mm-hmm. money because they get like a portion of anything that's sold on the apps. But it'd just be so much easier. Well, if if your credit card is attached to your Amazon account, which it should be, you can just buy it right there through the the app. On I I I don't have you have an Apple. Yeah, I have an phone? iPhone. It it doesn't have it. It'll let me look at it, and I can download like a like a sneak okay. peek. But if I want to actually buy anything, I have to physically like go to mm. Amazon. It sounds like you have the wrong phone. It works for everything else. Mine is easy to use. It's just it's just a pain for this. Yeah. It yeah. I can totally understand that. And I they keep making slight changes and it keeps getting better 
on the app for me, but it's not easier for us mm-hmm. to to use to use the account mm-hmm. or c- kind of share the accounts between each other because that's what we've done for. Could we create a store account or a not a store account a a podcast account? Oh, we wait. could probably do that and add each because you can select what credit card you want to use, and then we use our own. Yeah, but then I'm gonna cards, but I'm we're still have a signing in accounts. Yeah, we would sign into that second. Oh, yeah, and then we would have to then. No, oh yeah, we would then have to have a shared email address, email account. Which but then we also technically have we do, but we're also yeah. then going to have to like authorize it each time because you're logging in from a different IP address, which is the same issue. That's yeah, but at least then we would up. just authorize it over the our shared email. We would just then need to be go to our shared email to sure. authorize it. But also the books that I buy, sometimes I keep buying them, and then if I'm buying it on my own. Then you would have it your own yeah. separate account for, yeah. I don't know. It's I yeah. I, I, it's, it's logistic it, stuff. It, right it does there. it. Yeah, and this is all back yeah. back to the store kind of. Talk so this, talk I think we should yet. do. We maybe should do that for trading policies. Good work, yeah. Because yeah. that that would be the best way to do that. But anyways, we can figure it out later. You don't need to hear this, listeners. This is stupid this rigmarole is, that we talk about. This is the dumb shit that we're going show. to for the show, though. Like, this is just the headache that's been going on. <laughs> but, uh, John, you have a book to discuss. And it was something you had actually yes. picked for the list uh, the week that it came yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, and I picked Step by Bloody Step by Cy Spurrier. And art by Matthias Bergara. And this is a completely silent book. And this is a giant... (laughs) This is a giant uh, mechanical-like golem that has a small, I don't know, mid-sized child um, that they are protecting... All of us, there's something about the child that she can't remember her memories, but she's got flashback things. Um, she's naked at one point, and he kills a bunch of wolves and makes her some clothes, and then he continues to move, and then they do some other stuff. Like, I said to you guys earlier, like, this book would be better if it had some dialogue to it. And I couldn't imagine reading the other because this is like one of four the other three issues without any dialogue like i understand what they're trying to do here but it just it just didn't work for me yeah i i think the artwork for it is fantastic um even just going through it now like it looks beautiful like it's a perfectly drawn book but I feel like I'm looking at a sneak peek for a book that's coming out that they haven't put the word balloons in as just kind of like a hook and, to get it. Um, and is the child in, is the the child and the golem the same person, or is or it the mother br- of the child, brother and sister, like brother and sister, or sister and sister, or like yeah, mother and child, like they look a lot alike, mm-hmm. and I. 
Because well, even the wait, is it Darth <laughs> Vader or is it Luke Skywalker oh. in the helmet? Like I don't, I still. Because well, even the, I, it, another thing I don't like, like clicking on the book, it doesn't give me like the issue information. Like I can't see the creative team. Yeah. I can't see like the solicitation stuff for it. But the solicitation for it was something like, oh, she has no language. She has no memory. I'm like, does she? I don't, I don't know that. I can't get that from looking at. She's X23. It looks good, but there wasn't enough here to keep me engaged in it. And I found myself just kind of like flipping through the pages, looking at them and like, oh, that's cool. Like, oh, that's a cool design. Uh, And then when I got to the end, I was like, oh, I guess that was the book. Yeah. Which is sucks because, again, like the artwork's fantastic. Like the character and monster design's really cool, but. And the page layouts are pretty nice, too. I can't tell you anything about this book besides that and what I read in the solicitation. Which Amazon does not want to show me. Yeah, it is really. I yeah. All I know is she. They find a group of humans, and the group of humans like try to take care of the young child, and the golem's like, "Nope, you can't have that. Nope, get away from them." And I'm like, "So this golem's mean?" Like, and then. It turns out to be, yeah, her mother, her her sister, herself, her, who knows? Yeah, there's no way to tell. And I'm like, okay. I don't know, maybe I would have enjoyed the bloody, the, uh, the gritty reboot of Step by Step. You know, that, that we were promised when okay. John originally brought the book. Uh, I figured out how to do it on the app. Cool. Armored giant and helpless child. Together they cross... An astonishing world brimming with beast bandits and the deadliest by far, civilization. If they stop walking, the earth itself forces them onward. Why the child... Uh, Sorry, I didn't expand it. Why the child can't ask. She and her guardian have no language, no memory, and nothing except each other. But they don't really feel like they have each other. It feels more like the golem's just, a, you know, exerting its will on the small child. Especially when they meet the humans, where the small child definitely wanted a toy, and the golem's like, nah. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah. And I, don't, it made me miss don't the... Don't do it. You remember the Fox animated series, uh, Rusty and Big Boy or something like that? It was yeah. a robot boy and a guy in yeah. a huge suit, like a mech Wasn't suit. It, based, it was based off of a comic book series. Huh. Was it based well, off of uh, Stars and Stripes? Because that's what it reminded <laughs> Basically, Basically. Yeah. Uh, also, I just realized, looking at the books on their Kindle library browser, it doesn't let you like zoom in on panels or anything. So you're basically just looking at the page mm-hmm. on, on your monitor. You can't zoom in yeah. or like view it like a higher like capacity <sighs> yep um ultimately not terrible though i mean it looks good and if if i get more like, out of quality the- of that kind of artwork from something else like i would probably appreciate it but there's just not enough there out of the book out of the books we read i I, the books that I've read, I did not finish Iron Fist, and I did not finish The Monkey Prince, or I didn't even start The Monkey Prince. 
Uh, this is probably my favorite. <laughs> hmm. Monkey Prince is pretty good. It finishes very weird, um, but we'll talk yeah, about we'll, that. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we get to my books. But, Paul, do you want to do... Yeah, The Day of Reckoning. Uh, this is Fantastic Four, Reckoning War, Alpha, number one, written by Dan Slott, art by Carlos Pachenko, Rafael Fontires, and Carlos Mango. Magno. Uh, so, apparently, Uatu and the Watchers were very, very naughty boys before they became uh, the Watchers, and they were actually tried to help out uh, sent- other sentient beings, like, rise up. And they gave out technologies that were, of course, then used to uh, for war. And then they decided to take all the technologies back. And the first, you know, and that was the end of the first reckoning war. And then they promised their oath of becoming the Watchers. Did he want all that backstory? Did anybody want that backstory? I'm glad that there's some did anyone, backstory. Did anyone care? Because <laughs> I don't know most of what's going on in this book because it doesn't feel like. I'm reading a prequel to a big crossover book. I feel like I just jumped into the second issue. Well, do you remember back like seven years ago with the secret origin? No, you like, know why? Because we did secret a sins because or, we're like yeah. or, uh, original sin series. We're, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. We're like we're not we're not doing when, crossover stuff anymore. Like, and I feel when, like you needed to read that to yeah. get into this. And yeah. you know, in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, where Star-Lord finds out he has, like, celestial powers, and he's like, I'm going to make some weird shit. I feel like that's what Dan Slott did when they told him he could do, like, a Fantastic Four weird space crossover book. Because nothing in this book really makes any sense outside of Spider-Man saving a woman at the beginning of it. But then it doesn't make sense because the woman thanks him. (laughs) Nobody understands that. That's a fun little moment, though. Um, mm-hmm. cause I don't. I don't know who most of these characters are popping in. Ben Grimm has like weird alien kids he's adopted somehow. Paul, I was hoping you could. Oh yeah, that's that's happened get, uh, before, even before the dance okay. slot things. Yeah, there's uh, one Cree and one Skrull that uh, Alicia and uh, Ben Grimm adopted, and they're trying to, you know, kind <laughs> of keep them from. Being a-holes? But the the two kids are kind of a-holes? You know, because they're Kree and Skrulls? So, you know, whatever. Uh, but they're doing an alright job. And, yeah, and, and Nick Fury, the original Nick Fury, uh, you know, has it took, accidentally took the power of a Watcher. And then, well, he killed the Watcher and took his eye, yeah, right? Yeah. Something like that happened in the original. And thing. then he learned everything. Yeah. And Just like Reed Richards did. Now, yeah, yeah, but he couldn't handle it. But Reed Richards can. Um, it's because he's so stretchy; he can handle anything. Yeah, it's weird. And they the Badoon blow up the moon is a distraction to for the invasion. But as we all know, that if that if well, the moon blows up, I like how Reed's like eh, it'll be fine. Other planets don't have moons. Right, which would be fine, except most of the pieces of the moon are now falling to Earth, which then they're just like, oh, it's just like meteorites. That much material falling through the atmosphere all at once would actually burn up 
the atmosphere. Well, that's what I was like. You blew up the moon. You don't need to attack that. <laughs> you blew up the moon. You just you're like, bye, bitches, like, and fly away. The, the power of the blast must have vaporized so much of the moon that there's only... <laughs> don't, no, don't, because, don't, but don't, then they're don't. in space and Johnny Storm's blowing up other parts of the moon. Right. Because there has don't to be... try to make... Don't, 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 don't. All right. No, this because not I read a really good science fiction book by Neil Stevenson, <laughs> and it th- it was predicated on the moon like falling apart and, and basically shattering into three pieces. And everybody's like, "Wow, that's weird!" Uh, and everybody's like, "It's going to be okay." And, this is not the same thing, Paul. Until you know the three pieces start <laughs> colliding and then causing, you know. This is just not a good yeah, book. It's not. It's I. You know what? The thing is, for the past like five months, I picked a book and I'm like, "Oh, the guys probably aren't going to really like this." And there's some problems, and I see those problems. Oh, I know the problems, and I come here like ready to defend it and be like, "Yeah, I understand." And you guys are like, "This is great. This was a lot of fun. We really like, like this one." And I'm like, "I have no idea now. I don't know. Maybe the guys are going to like this. I, I see the problems, but maybe they're like, hey." The Spider-Man bit's great, and hey, it's Reed Richards. The Spider-Man bit was yeah, great. the Spider-Man bit was fun. I I liked that. And the team up stuff, you know, of them just talking is cool. And but then, but I was like, but then it's like somebody goes, guys, we got this. Go do Fantastic Four shit, and they're like, bye. And then somebody's like, did the Fantastic Four just leave? <laughs> and then someone's like. Yeah, they do that. And then and then they're gone. And it's just like, I don't know. They seem like a bunch of dicks. <laughs> everybody else is like, like, no, we know the Fantastic Four well enough to know that they're leaving for a good reason. Yeah. And they did. <laughs> they did. They Oh, yeah, they did. And then if well, you, for a good you also find out She-Hulk's like a being who's out of time now and... No oh, yeah, that's, that's because that's happening. in She-Hulk number one with uh, number one from like two thousand five though. Like that was the editor's notes. Like, oh, if you read oh. She-Hulk way back when, you know what they're talking about. It's like I didn't. <laughs> I did enjoy when they go to see Doctor Doom, and Doctor Doom basically comes through the real. No, Doctor Doom does the exact same thing the Fantastic Four does. Where yeah. he's like, hey, "You got this. I'm leaving." Yeah, yeah, because he knows what's up, too. Like, he doesn't need anybody to explain it to him. He's like, this is Watcher technology. Oh, yeah, something's happening up on that. The little, like, I got to get up to the little part of the moon that's left and see and see what's going <laughs> I on. Actually, I do want to say I did like Ben Grimm being like, uh, shouldn't we save the flag and, like, the moon lander for, like, the Smithsonian? Like, shouldn't we just <laughs> do something with this? Uh, but then I was like, there's no time. We have other things to do. There's probably time. I don't know. Uh, the only thing I went into this book thing is like, oh, I think I remember having a hero click of the Badoon, but I don't remember ever using it or anything about them. So, yeah. Uh, this one's marginally above Step by Bloody Step because at least I kind of got what was going on in the story. You were like, I know that superhero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get some of it, yeah. I I didn't I didn't like this. It it this book had a couple moments, mm-hmm. but like 
that opening scene where then like Nick Cage just flies back. Nick Cage? You mean Ooh, oh, Nick, Nick Cage, Cage was in this yes. book. I loved it. Nick Fury. Uh, Nick Fury, uh, he flies back and then he's like, my eye, what have you seen? You made me read this for the uh, dramatic <laughs> I reading. I got excited call. when I saw that panel. I'm like, oh, we just did that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, uh, ugh. And I feel like uh, this has all been hashed out in Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah, most likely. <laughs> uh, so, Paul, uh, did they blow up the moon as well in Green Lantern? No, because they're not that dumb. Uh, did they write Cha in it at least? Uh, they start. Yeah, <laughs> they started to write uh, Chairface Chippendale. <laughs> so, Paul, uh, it does tease. I love the dick. Fantastic, Fantastic Four number forty. Uh, you're going to get the next chapter of this. Do you do you keep buying Fantastic no. Four? Right now? It's it's not, now that it's such a pain. Like I I was enjoying what Don Slott was doing with Fantastic Four, but this is a step too far for me. Like this isn't fun. This is just let's throw all this stupidest parts of Marvel together right now and just do something stupid. Yeah. It's not if Mark if if Mark Wade did this it'd be good. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know, but see but, I like you know, I like Dan Slott as a writer though. I, I think we've read a mm-hmm. lot of stuff from him. I mean all of his Spider Man stuff's been enjoyable. She Hulk number one was fantastic. Like he he can do good work. Oh wait no he didn't write yeah, Hulk number one. That was that was Rainbow, Rainbow Rowell. Rowell. Yeah, she did. Rowell. She did. Uh, but he did yeah. do a run on which She-Hulk. that She Hulk was good. I don't know. It's it, everybody's got clunkers here and there. I just I read the the Jason Aaron who we really love. We all really like. I read his Punisher, and I'm not going to have you guys. But obviously, we're still trying to figure out how we're going to do the um, the list and stuff, but. Like, Jason Aaron, take on the Punisher, he's now, like, one of the leaders of the Hand, and it's kind of cool. But then he also has, like, Maria, his wife, that, like, the Hand brought back for him, and he's using samurai swords to kill people, like... And he has two feet as hands! Yeah! (laughs) That's the twist! (laughs) But it was just, like, it was, like, this isn't... I spent four ninety nine on this. Like it, it, Paul. Did you say Jason Aaron's a great? Sorry. Did you say he has two penis hands? No, he's got two feet for hands, I, and that's I the heard twist. two penis hands. And then, based off of how hard Paul was laughing to and himself, laughing, I thought like, okay, there's no way that I misheard that. But then, since you didn't dwell on it, I was like, mm, maybe I did mishear. That's because I just kept talking. <laughs> I, I, I knew totally, it wasn't. It was. It was so stupid, and I knew it wasn't <laughs> funny. But it was so stupid that it made me laugh because how stupid it is. <laughs> <laughs> so two X experimental guys is <laughs> eight point two percent. It's a little minty. It's a little, a little minty. Yeah, I'm getting a little mint off of it. It's supposed to be a because that's a West, West Coast, Coast IPA. Yeah, it's supposed to be another West Coast uh, style IPA, but like I'm getting like a more of an herbal kind of thing, like a mint or a 
basil. You know, it's definitely a more herbally hmm. and not bittery uh, kind of. Uh, it's not piney. It's it's floral. Uh, gotcha. it's, yeah, floral would probably be a better way to describe it. Uh, 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 hoppiness. It's it's kind of a little bit of a whiplash to go from two X. IPA to this 2 experimental, and you know maybe maybe that's a thing I need to kind of figure out. Like, how do because Chris went away to use the bathroom, so I'm filling up some time here. How do I think he's getting his next beer? Maybe that's it too. But I'm feeling that. How do brewers decide what to do with it with a variety pack? Do you want to do things that are all in a similar vein that you can easily go from drinking one? To a different one, to a different one, or do you want to provide, you know, completely different flavors within that variety pack? And what do we as consumers even want? Because, like, if you you were to tell me, ask me right now, like Paul, would you like? Do you want similar kind of things that are easy to go from one to the next, or four beers that are completely different? I'd be like four beers that are completely different. It's a variety pack. Give me variety. <laughs> So you have you already have an old school West Coast mm-hmm. IPA with the two X. You have the citrus and you have the two X haze, and those are all going to be the same beers that are in this pack. Yeah. And then the experimental is the one that's going to be rotating through. Is this the beer to launch this pack with? Because you have two West Coasts. Yeah. Obviously, very different. A citrus. And a, a hazy beer that also is quite, like, citrusy and, ref, you know, yeah. nice. So, yeah, it's weird. But everybody is doing this style of variety pack right now mm-hmm. because New Belgian did it two years ago. And New Bel- it's one of the best-selling packages. Yeah. It's, it's, it's raised up New Belgium's... Uh, standing in the the beer, the Voodoo uh, Ranger series, the Voodoo Rangers, yes, and they rotate in. They're seasonal. They keep, um, I think, just the regular IPA in there. They do the seasonal. They do an experimental, which continuously changes, and um, they do a, another. They put another IPA in there that is maybe one they've done before, but it's not the same. That's in their variety packs. It's all continuously different and that changes quarterly and every brewery goose island goose island has a package out now called bear hug that has four different hazy tropical all these different ipas and you if you look at this you have to really look to see it's from goose island yeah like goose islands it when it's a bear on the package not a goose like so you would think Bear Republic, racer number five. Yeah, or you would think you would think any you, you Firestone would think, Walker has a bear it's logo. A, it's a color scheme too that is not what usually they do, but they're trying to get people to buy this variety pack. If uh, I was a goose, the, I want to hug the, a bear. The mind, the mind haze pack that I'm drinking is basically the same thing. Like, hey, we're doing all tropical flavors in this. Like, it's totally different. It's nothing that you can have. None of these are sold individually. You know, try it out. And it's constantly, this is like the new thing because it was successful for one brewery. So now they're all putting out these variety packs. Um, uh, 
Bells just did it with doing four different um, four different versions of two hearted. So you have two hearted, light hearted, old hearted, which is a IPL and a black IPA. Um, but yeah, everybody's trying to capitalize on this, and yeah, a, an herbally, as you say, minty IPA, maybe not is the best one to launch. But this package is doing pretty well. I've yeah. bought it twice now. I enjoy all the beers. I just this is the first time I like and really discussed it. Down. Thought about it to discuss. Like, no, well, drank from uh, one to the next. You know, like finished a two X IPA and then went right into the experimental. Normally, it's like, oh, I'll grab an experimental, and like, yeah, and now I'm actually really thinking about the flavors and everything. Before I was, you know, if I just picked it up and drank it up, like, oh yeah, this is like a West Coast IPA. But having the a like pinnacle West Point IPA, not West Point, West Coast IPA, and then going right into this, you know, I can really compare and contrast. Like, okay, this is really different. What John, is Chris what are, drinking? What are you drinking? Oh, what is Chris? Uh, my third beer from the night, also from Dead Words Brewing is something that I hadn't actually had before or heard of again, much like the table beer. And this is their Secretariat, which is a Kentucky Common. Uh, I'm actually going to just read their description of it because it does a better job of summing up what the beer is more than I could do it. Um, But tradition pouring with an amber, like, cloudy appearance, this classified historical beer is uh, is new to the craft scene, originally developed after the Civil War, then lost during Prohibition, this warm fermented lager offers flavors and aroma of southern style brewing, showing off qualities of sweet corn and spicy rye. Clustered, the oldest American hop was used to slightly enhance the already existing spice characteristics of this easy drinking bit of history. Uh, this one also 5% ABV. It's like a nice, delicious, kind of like multi bitter, but then you get that kind of like rye bite on the back end. Um, it's, I don't know what malts they use for it, but it has like that nice kind of like caramel note to it. Uh, this is also fantastic. And when we were finishing up and planning on bringing beer back home for the show, but also just to drink, I asked Yanni like, Hey, you know, which of the beers we had today, would you want to take home to drink? And then also I had my growler in the backseat of my car. So I was like, which one of these do you like the most that you would want to get, you know, 64 ounces of it <laughs> to have in the fridge for like, hey, I like this enough. I'm going to keep going back to it. And this was actually her pick as something like, yeah, like, let's just have that. We'll drink all of it. Um, absolutely fantastic. Originally, when I had Dead Words on the show, I was very excited that it was not just a new brewery in Orlando, but it was also like a solid brewery with a great take on beers, doing something original, great food. Uh, but my key point was we'll see how they are with like their next batch. Like what can they do next? Do they keep doing the same thing or do they keep pushing the envelope? And after this visit, it's like, yeah, they're going to keep doing some different stuff. Some of the beers that I had that first visit or that second visit have fallen off the menu because they already went through them. Uh, they're working on the next batches of other stuff. So yeah, definitely a must-stop, a must-do. And since it's semi-close, this is becoming one of my 
go-to breweries now. So I have only had and logged into it one Kentucky Common, and I didn't rate it very high, probably because I didn't realize mm. at the time what the beer was, because uh, all my friends who have checked in, which are none of you, by the uh, way. What beer was it? I mean, you don't, uh, have, to, you it, don't have to mince words. Uh, you Common call it Sense out. Ale by Upstate Brewing. Um, okay. But most of the other people, it, it's 3, 3.25, uh, Yeah, you know, one. one. Yeah, Ed had it at a 3, 5. Uh, I don't know if you're friends with yeah. Keith. No, on, on I'm not. You put it at a 3.5. Uh, I gave it a 2, so. 2.5. Also, you had yes, a 20. Yes, exactly. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, so, and then I'm just saying, like, that's the only time if I didn't know what to expect to go into that beer, which probably when I had that, I wasn't, or I didn't know, um, I probably would rate it low, but... If I knew actually what the style was, what to expect out of it, like everything you read and described it, I was like, okay, I would look for these notes and and enjoy it. Where at 2015 me, which is so very long ago, uh, probably would just tried it and was like, eh, I don't like it, you know, and passed it on without knowing something more about the beer or even what the hell I... Kentucky Common is because that was the first I've ever heard of it, and I've drank one of them. Yeah, but again, like they call it out, it's a lost style, something that really isn't around anymore. So, yeah, something maybe to keep an eye out for if you see other breweries doing their take on it, uh, worth checking out. Because I mean, based off of this, I'd venture to say I do like a Kentucky Common. So, time will tell. But, John, you took a swig of what you are I'm, actually drinking. I'm what drinking two beers, guys, because I wanted to make sure I talked about all the beers in this Mind Haze pack, and I don't have to work tomorrow. Most of the time, I have to work the next day that we recorded these, or I have... Johnny, you got to get ready for a party uh, tomorrow, don't you? Not really. We've I've, I've been working all week okay. for the party, so I could record this podcast with you two clowns. So nice. I've done all Thank my chores, you, all my work's done. I think I'm going to vacuum and maybe mop the floors. But then I'm like, eh, a bunch of these assholes are going to track mud in my house anyway, so why why bother? Uh, but I am drinking uh, the Tiki Smash Tropical Hops with Coconut and then Hoptical Crush, a double dry hopped with tropical notes. And the... Hoptical Crush, double dry hopped with tropical notes, is nice. It's easy drinking. Um, it'd probably be my, there's three beers in this pack. It would be my least favorite, but there's nothing wrong with it. It's a good drinking beer. My number two would be the Citrus Cyclone, the first beer I had from this pack. But my favorite, my number one, is the Tiki Smash Tropical Hops with the Coconut. The coconut in this is delicious. It's nice, buttery coconut mixed with these nice, hoppy notes. Uh, absolutely delicious. Uh, if I saw this on tap, I would 
get it in a pint glass and probably just drink it the rest of the night. Because I think that coconut would just, it's just delicious and it's just nice. Uh, but it, I feel like it over, maybe overpowers your palate a little bit that anything else you'd have after it might not be as flavorful because that coconut just really pops on that. And I'm not a big coconut fan. I don't like coconut in my chocolate, in my candy, on my cake. I like a fresh coconut that you chunk it out of the shell and eat it. Kind of tastes like almonds then. Any other coconut, do not like. Uh, this beer, I find delicious. So coconut, more like no coconut. coconut. Uh, I'm going to make that the episode title just so you can sit and spin on it. Because I know you didn't write anything down. <laughs> I didn't. I have not written anything down for like the past like 10 episodes. No, you didn't, Paul, because it's... Well, I did. I wrote things down, too, but it's going to (laughs) be Chris's Coconut. Yeah. No cannot. No cannot. Okay. I'm writing it down as the episode right now. (laughs) Anywho. No, I... I, Again, living in Florida, I do like those kind of bright, peaky flavors in a beer. Um, And Coconut's one of those things. Like It has to be kind of used sparingly, especially... In, like, a lighter beer. I think it, I'm more into it if it's in something darker, like if it's in a stout or, like, a milk stout. Like, I think it works well with that deeper chocolate. Um, like, earlier when I said it had that cherry, cherry always walks the line with medicinal. Coconut in a beer walks the line. It's, like, either really good coconut or it tastes like suntan lotion. Like, there's no, like really in between that it's either good or i i feel like i'm drinking the beach drinking the beach that's not gonna that's not gonna be it not gonna be it not gonna be it but it's close so uh chris yes your books uh uh my books i'm trying to figure out how to pull up the uh issue info right now just so i can be a little bit more precise with names. Uh, found it again. You got to jump through some hoops to get this. I'm actually going to start us off with a book that Paul, you were looking forward to number two of. Yeah, uh, with coming out from Marvel Comics. This is the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser Halcyon Legacy number one. Uh, this was written by Ethan Sachs, art by Ian Gist or Gist, um, and this is something of an anthology book. Telling the story or stories set on the Halcyon Legacy, the famed Galactic Star Cruiser that you too can stay at at Walt Disney's uh, res- Walt Disney World Resort. Uh, it's it's a book, and we were joking before about you know synergy with the Disney parks and the comic books and Star Wars. And I think this is something of a casualty of that because we're given three stories here, uh, each one taking place at a different era in the Star Wars timeline. Uh, We get something from the Old Republic. There's a little bit of the attack of... The High Republic. I'm sorry, High Republic. Republic. Just got word from uh, Kathleen Kennedy. (laughs) Sorry. Got Got a... High Republic, sorry. So we get the High Republic because it has like the Wookiee uh, 
Padawan guy. He's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like him in the actual book. However you want to say Pretty sure that was it. No, I was clearing my throat that time. It was in a sound effect. And then there's a little bit of a Anakin Padme Clone Wars era story. That's the age... Oh, what is it? Uh, oh, what is it? Age oh, of the Republic or something? I, I don't have the timeline in front of me. Yeah, it's... Yeah, that's the Age of the Republic. And then the there's like the, the Age of Rebellion. Rebellion, and then it's the New Republic. Uh, but all that being said, it's it jumps around in time, and it just sells you like, oh no, like the Halcyon Legacy. He's been a Star Cruiser for a while. People have been going on... The Star Cruiser for there's, years. There's 274 years of cruisers. <laughs> and you can join it on its 275th maiden voyage. Uh, I have to say, I didn't quite mind the High Republic one just because it does have some of like, the Nile stuff in it. And that's something that we're kind of, I don't want to say actively following and reading right now between the High Republic comics and the novels, but it's an era of Star Wars right now that I'm glad they're exploring a little bit of because everything else we've already seen, the Age of the Republic, Age of the Rebellion, like we we know those stories and now everything else we're getting is just, you know, the, the sprinkle of salt on top of those. Like you're getting a little bit more flavor from them, which is appreciated. Like it's cool. So I want to know more new stuff. And in Star Wars, the new stuff's always going to be older stuff now because people didn't like the new, new stuff. Uh, But ultimately, I could not get through this book without thinking they're just doing this because they want people to know what the Halcyon legacy is. People are looking this up and they're like, well, it's not Star Wars. And then someone's going to Google... Galactic Star Cruiser, Star Wars, and this book will probably pop up, and then they'll be like, oh, I guess it is a thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, because that was one of the things that they ran into with the actual Galaxy's Edge theme park, where people went and then they were let down because it wasn't something that they knew. It was like, well, why is it bad too? Why can't it just be Tatooine? And their thing is like, well, we have thousands of characters and planets that we can tell stories of. Like, let's do something new. And then everyone's like, we want the old stuff, but make it new. And I think that's kind of the the line you have to straddle with Star Wars. And I don't think this comic book is what you want. And it's definitely not what you need. So, Paul, I'm curious why you're like, yeah, number two. I'm all in on Star Wars. You know why? Because... Apparently now this ship is the most important ship in Star Wars. We used to think it was the Millennium Falcon. And you know what happened? Dave Filoni showed up and said, no, guys, you're wrong. The most important ship is the Ghost. And then uh, Star Wars Imagineer said, no, Dave Filoni, you're wrong. The most important ship, and we're going to prove it to you right now in in Star Wars comics, is the Halcyon. And we're going to... Force Spork, uh, Scott Calvin, what's his yes, name? Uh, Scott Cavan. Cavan, uh, to write a bunch of Star Wars books that make no sense, that's going to shoehorn every character 
you know, throughout all four arcs, all four uh, time frames of Star Wars to show up there at least once, we're going to get the story of Han and Leia on their honeymoon. That's right, conceiving Kylo Ren. I, I, on the ship. I feel like that's, again, like that synergy. That's a story nobody asked for. And unless I win the lottery and get to go there and I happen to stay in like a cabin and etched in on the side was like Han Solo was here and there's like a little like one notch next to it. Yeah. That, that story doesn't need to be told. It doesn't need to be a thing even. Like yeah. uh, going back to what's now like I'm just legends, saying like, but if Han Solo I've, I've seen that the story. Character. I read the the novel like the courtship courtship of Princess Leia. Like I uh-huh. saw their romance and like the build up. Like I don't need to have them try to shoehorn moments in, in, in a way that are like synergy. Like that's the only thing that keeps popping up. Like yeah. synergy, like yeah. space balls. Like yeah. the thing is with the solo, the Star Wars story, uh, the one thing that I don't like, you know, it's a fun movie and I have to forgive it a lot. And I, I have been trying to really forgive it the whole, like, Han, what's what's your family name or whatever? And he's like, I have none. And the Imperial guy goes, Solo. There's no way Han Solo, the character, takes that, keeps that last name. Like, he wouldn't introduce himself as Han Solo after that. He's like, he got through the border crossing. And then he's not going to let an a-hole Imperial officer just name him. He doesn't give a shit about what he just said. He's Han. New last name. That's yeah. But what does that have to do with this crappy book? And, and I do have, I do have gripes about this crappy book. But I'm enjoying how kind of like shoehorny. Yeah, I that's not the title, really. Much. You can't say shoehorny. <laughs> I want to see how shoehorny it gets because now they have that bounty hunter. Can, uh, can we Alana Singh or whatever her, her name is? Aura Singh. Uh, can we? Aura Singh. Can we do uh, shoehorny the Quentin Tarantino story as a Christmas special? <laughs> <laughs> like how 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 much a tr- of a tr- space wreck? What space wreck? Come on, you just. Space well, well, I, can, I can only write these down so fast. Shoehorny Space Shrek? Ugh. No, space you can Space Shrek. <laughs> well, I might... But you understood what No, I, I thought you meant Space Shrek. Enunciate. You want to watch an ogre peel space onions. <laughs> I get it. They're not called <laughs> space onions. They're, they're called white fruit. So they go with your tomatoes, what? your red Paul, fruit. why does everything have to come down to race with you? <laughs> it's not race. Just I, I don't have any big complaints about this book, and I know I'm sounding really negative, but it's just a thing that doesn't need to be done. And I want to go back to the Tales from Bat 2 or Tales from Galaxy's Edge book that yeah, we read the first one. And this is the exact same thing. It's Disney has something going on in the theme parks that they're like, hey, let's get the word out there about it. Well, the word's already out there about it. You don't have to try to sell people on it through a comic book. 
people are already excited to go because you get to live a I Star think, Wars. Like, I think that's, Paul likes that's this enough. book because he's excited about going to Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> I am. I am. And I didn't hate the Star Wars Christmas, uh, the Life Day special. It wasn't either. good. Like, there were parts that were really that were bad, but there were parts that were enjoyable. And I believe even this first one, with the story of uh, the Wookiee Jedi Padawan, you know, there, there's some fun bits to it. And I just, I just want to be so like immersed in the Star Wars story right now that like I'll even take crappy Star Wars stories. You can be immersed in a story, but I think you deserve better. But yeah, that's, but it's, that's the thing. Like, you deserve to have it done well, and I don't think this is what that is. And there's nothing wrong with the art. I don't deserve art. anything, there's, Chris. No, there's nothing wrong with the art. There's nothing wrong with the actual writing besides the fact that someone was assigned this book, and then they had to write it, and that's what it was. It, there's nothing here that makes me be like, you know what? This is redeeming. Like, I'm going to forget I read this book in a couple months. And I'm going to continue on with everything else that we're getting from the higher public. And I'm going to enjoy that. Yeah, but Alora Singh and uh, Fennec Sham, like, going head-to-head? That seems kind of fun. It could, it could be. I like I liked Fennec Sham in Mandalorian, and then... I, I saw like her in Bad Batch? I saw her... I haven't finished... Bad Batch. I still only watch like the first episode. Because yeah, that's where I, I that's where I stopped too. I'm. I, I didn't expect it to be like an hour long. Movie. I'm and on that's not the treadmill. I'm. That's my show that I'm watching now on the treadmill. So I'm more than halfway through it because I finished up Clone Wars. And I, so I'm going Bad Batch. Then I'm going to do first season of Rebels. Then Solo. Then second season of Rebels. Then Rogue One. And then you guys can. I've been watching. I. <laughs> 60s, 70s kung fu movies, and I just watched the Crippled yeah. Avengers, and it's amazing. The oh yeah, Crippled you Avengers. Me. We'll talk later. It's fantastic. Uh, Is it like uh, freaks? No, a guy loses his eyesight. A guy becomes deaf and dumb. Uh, another guy gets his legs cut off, and then a guy uh, has a vice put on his head, and then becomes uh, mentally challenged. I don't think that's how I, you, you know what? Some challenged. of it doesn't make sense. Guy clapped him on the ears really hard, and he can't hear anymore. And he also made him drink a special potion that made him not talk. But they all learned. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, you looked down on me for watching Boondock Saints yeah, every St. Patrick's Day. Uh, this movie was <laughs> this movie was <laughs> hilariously <laughs> fun to watch. Paul, Paul, Paul left the room. Paul's gone. Just, it'll just be John and I for the rest of the show now. Um, so, John, of the other books I had, you said you started I read, to read most one of them. Iron Fist. Okay, so let's do Iron Fist next. And this is a new Iron Fist number one coming out from Marvel Comics. Uh, I'm waiting for Amazon to open this up so I can actually look at the... Creative information? Guys, I do not like this. Ugh, about this book. All right. All right. I have to hit learn more. Uh, 
Art, uh, written by Alyssa Wong, art by Michael Yee. Uh, this is a brand new Iron Fist stepping into the role, and I thought they were going to kind of draw this out a little bit more and not tell you who this new Iron Fist was, but it turns out, like, halfway through the book, you kind of get his origin story. Um, and it also doesn't do the typical thing where you would expect a Danny Rand to jump in at the very end. And that would be the cliffhanger to bring you to the next one. Like, oh, you're going to have a meeting of the Iron Fist. Check out number two. It actually hits all of those notes in the very first issue. But ultimately, I think I really enjoy this. And again, it's not my Iron Fist, but I think it's done in an interesting enough way that I kind of want to see who this Iron Fist is. Because it's it's an interesting enough story that... I'm, I'm digging it. And I read this and the book we'll be talking about next, uh, Monkey Prince from DC Comics, back to back. Except I read Monkey Prince first, and I think Iron Fist is a much better done representation of what, like, a mystical fantasy, like, kung fu comic book should no, that's, be. It's it firepower. I mean, that's the best, but I feel this doesn't come off as reductive as much as Monkey Prince did because I felt icky reading that book. And I know it was done by a, a Chinese creative team, so there's nothing wrong with like that, but I just I felt wrong reading it. But we'll get, we'll get around to that one. Um, John, how much of Iron Fist did you read? I think I read more than half of it. Mm. Um, I mean, it, it, you have, I, book starts with Danny Rand, like, on the phone saying, no, no, I'm, I'm right around the corner, I'm gonna have lunch with you, uh, Luke Cage, cause we're friends, and, uh, I like to name drop, I'm right around the corner, I'm not gonna be late, I'm in some store, Monsters attack him. He fights him. He almost gets killed by one. Ba boom! The new Iron Fist comes and saves him. And then they kind of kick around and see who's better. Uh, I think that's around it that I got. Okay. Did anything else happen noteworthy? I mean, you you find out actually who he is, and like Iron Fist comes back at the end, like and is aware of who he is. But yeah, it's all it's all set up, and then uh, kind of revealing where Wait. the story's going to go. Go ahead, Paul. Do do we know who that new Iron Fist no, is? It's just a it's a new okay. new character. Like I was wondering if I just missed it, and I'm like, oh come on, Paul. He was from the 1960s. He was he showed up in a Fing Fang Foom issue. Because I wouldn't know. No, I. It, it feels very much like uh you know it could be like one of those weird. Oh yeah, Nick. Uh, Nick Cage. <laughs> Nick, Nick Cage and Nick and Nick Fury got together and they stole the Watcher's eye. And like, who knows? and then they have to go on to uh, the space trek. Space trek. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm really excited about that new Nicolas Cage movie with uh, Pedro Pascal. It looks amazing. Uh, yeah, he's, he's playing, playing himself. Nick Cage, the right? unmeasurable being or something. Yeah, of ultimate talent or something. It it looks fun. Um, I. But I did enjoy this book um, enough that I think I bought issue number two, but I would have to 
try to navigate all my libraries that I have set up with Amazon and Comixology and Kindle to give you a 100% answer to that. Uh, and then you read some of Monkey Prince and Paul, you read I didn't read, read any of, of Monkey Prince. I did read... Okay. Monkey Prince stuck with me more than Iron Fist did. Like, I read both these books all in one sitting. You know, I read all our books all in one sitting. Uh, this was two weeks ago when I thought we were originally going to do the episode for the for of the look back, and then we complained about we did an episode complaining about comicsology. Then we did Parks and Rec, and now we're doing the episode. So it's been okay. almost three weeks. So I don't remember much about Iron Fist. It and that should be a criticism of Iron Fist. I remember a lot about Monkey Prince. Which should not be a positive note no, it, it about Monkey not. Prince, though. So, so the inverse is not true. <laughs> um, Monkey Fist number one, written by uh, Gene Lone Yang, art by Bernard Chang, and this is a brand new superhero to the DC universe. More so, it's a brand new superhero centered in Gotham City. Um, and it turns out it's a young Chinese. Uh, student who is burdened and cursed with the powers of the monkey prince from the like the journey to the west fable um yeah he has a run-in with batman as he's a little kid and then he winds up going to like gotham academy where he has another run-in with batman and he loses his head over it uh he, literally he gets decapitated yeah <laughs> and i don't I don't know. It was, it's bizarre and nothing Much about like this a book. former regional manager of a paper company. He gets decapitated. It's not, nothing in this book worked for me, honestly. And I, I did not like it at all. Like I, I, I can't, it looks good. I like the panel breakdowns. I think the art's well done in it, but. I can't. I can't find anything redeeming to this yeah. book. The thing is, like, okay, cool. It's a kid that is the the child of two superhero, a supervillain henchmen. Okay, cool. I like Runaways. Let's go. Uh, he has a run in with uh, Bat Batman. Okay, cool. We've gotten some awesome, uh, some cool Robins because of that. There, he's a nerdy kid that is suffering from PSD. Ooh, he's suffering from PSD. Okay, does he get any help for it? No, not so ever. Does he talk to anybody about it? A janitor. And what? Oh, what does the janitor suggest he do? Oh, go swim. Yeah. What? But isn't one of his triggers like getting his feet wet? Yeah. Okay, so how's this? Huh? Where? Where's? Why? Uh, I thought about, like, when I saw this book pop up, when I was looking at solicitations, I added it to the list because I was like, okay, new number one. We'll check it out. And then as it got closer, I was like, I don't think I want to buy this book. And then once I was looking at the rest of the books coming out, 
to talk about. I was like, oh, I don't have that much. Whatever. It'd be something to talk about. And now I'm like, I regret spending the three ninety nine on this. Uh, Chris sent me a page of it's, it. I don't like it. Yikes. That's not good. I don't like stories where the bullied becomes the bullied. And that's exactly what this kid does as soon as he gets powers. As he decides to take out, to use his newfound powers to strike revenge upon the kids that bullied him. And there's nothing healthy about this book. I don't know. I mean, when Sebastian, you know... Rides the wish dragon or the luck dragon and chases the bullies on the street. You're cheering for that kid to do that, but all he does is like chases them into a dumpster. He doesn't physically. But did they deserve them. it? They deserve comeuppance. Now, does how that do bullies get you need to force it? A lot of times, Paul, they don't. They just keep bullying. You never get away from it. Yeah. And then they become cops. And then... So really throwing throwing stuff out there, aren't Paul? Uh, (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Wasn't... I'm going to send you the page that Paul's talking about, because he's he's literally just, like, beating them up in the hallway, though. Yeah. I'm of the generation that lived through Columbine. <laughs> I'm not? Like, we're... <laughs> we are, I think all of us, right? Because we're all the same age. Like, um, no. yeah, I, I don't know. It's like, there's just... I there's felt... this thing about the the bullied and then, like, as soon as they get that kind of power, you know, doing physical violence against the bulliers that I just don't like. Because... There's no scenario where that is a good solution. I don't know. Fuck them. Fuck a bully. Beat the shit out of them. Get them. Teach them a lesson. It's the only way they're going to learn. They're just going to keep doing it and keep doing it till somebody stands up. And if it's a guy that's now become a monkey and can knock the shit out of them, <laughs> let him knock the shit out of them. And then scamper away and be like... Because if you stand up to a bully... And especially in high school, if you stand up and you pushed back, mm-hmm. they're the first ones to go crying. And they most of the time, they get away with mm-hmm. it, and they'll go tattle on you. Because they're bullies. They're cowards. They're pieces of shit. Mm-hmm. So have the monkey prince beat them up. <laughs> Take them to task. It's, to me, this is the best sounding part of the book. He went back and he beat up his bullies. <laughs> yeah. Get those bullies. Go, go for it, <laughs> Monkey Prince. Uh, Monkey Prince probably my least favorite book that we read this, this month. So, sorry, John, I know you're on a roll, but... Trust me, I didn't read the book, and I sounds I, like I'm glad I did I've seen two pages from it, and woof. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... I don't... No, but you know, I'm I'm excited for a new Iron Fist. Like, I, I want to see more of this character and where he goes because I think it'll be a worthwhile addition to some. Like, I know Champions isn't going on anymore, but like that Champions, uh, like yeah. family of characters, mm-hmm. like that kind of younger but uh, like a little bit more seasoned, like the Strange Academy. Yeah. The uh, they're they're not the Runaways. Yeah, they're not the, quite uh, the Runaways because Runaways have been around, but like Young Avengers, yeah. the all the teams that. Just they kind of forget about and just 
leave to the wayside. I mean, Runaways the, is still uh, going. <laughs> so yeah. That's been ongoing for like three, four years now. Um, I don't know. This this month was rough, and not just because of the difficulties reading. Um, Iron Fist is my number one. I don't know. Uh, okay, power rankings. Let's our, our number one. Yeah, because I I pull power rankings. I, I wrote everything down, but even looking at my list, I'm still like, do I really want Halcyon? I'm going to Star Wars Halcyon. Number, <laughs> like, do I really number want one, Halcyon man? Legacy like, as my number two? But I'm like, well, at least I knew what the story fun, was. Know? Like, and It felt contained where Fantastic Four Reckoning War really didn't. It was just like throwing stuff at the wall, hoping that something would stick. Oh, I forgot about the mother flipping monkey prints. That makes it oh so much further down. <laughs> I think step by bloody step for me for reading the three of the five books. Uh, be my number one. Your number one. I none of the books that I read I would buy number two of, or want to read number two of. And I guess maybe something happened more towards the end of Iron Fist that would make me want to. I didn't think it was great. I no, I think it's a it's a fun. Number one for like a new character, like make an Iron Fist not into a legacy character, but like an Paul keeps shrugging legacy character. Yeah, he shrugged. Again. Well, it it just like I remember every other book except for like I remember all I remember from Iron Fist is Iron Fist is there. He's late fighting monsters. Meets new Iron Fist. They fight because he. Old Iron Fist wants to know who new Iron Fist is. They don't come to a resolution. New Iron Fist goes and talks to somebody. Like an adoptive family in Kunlun. And new Iron Fist is like, oh, I'm late for my lunch date. And that's that's all I got. Like, I don't remember any specifics from that. Uh it, it, oh, adoptive family. The the adoptive family dad is one of those monsters as well. Yeah, like they're because he goes out to the kitchen to grab a towel or something. Yeah, and he has like the the sword there, and like the new Iron Fist. Oh yeah, powers yeah, yeah. He's are, he's trying to find the blade, the pieces of the blade. Yeah. <laughs> I did not remember this. It's okay, again, you oh, read it like, and he has the pieces of the blade embedded in his hand. Yeah, that's, that's where he gets right. the Iron Fist powers from, because he's not actually an Iron Fist, but he's he's trained in Kunlun. Oh, man. Okay. Do you feel better about it now, Paul? I do, because this book did not stick with me. You had to draw it out like a distant uh, Paul, memory. I literally just, I didn't say anything, and then you're like, yeah, and then he does this, and that's this, like, and you went through like, page <laughs> by page. Yeah. It's fine. It's all like a distant story, like something that happened in the past, like during the High Republic, much like on the Halcyon Legacy. Ugh, it's... It's a book. But guys, maybe we read all the wrong books this month. Let us know what we missed. Email us over at bangboardcast at gmail.com or comment on any of the social media posts about this. Uh, let us know if we should have, you know, checked out Space Truck. 